To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, <coughs> not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech us that we pray for you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God, for he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 19 through 21. And once again, in Galatians chapter 4, and beginning at verse 4 through verse 6. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. All right now. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, Lord. crying, Abba, Father. Mm -hmm. Amen to his word. Amen. These two texts form for us the message. And um, again, uh, I'll just simply apologize to you uh, because 
in my own calculation, I thought that today uh, began the Advent season. The Advent season always occurred four Sundays before Christmas Eve. And in my miscalculation, I thought that it would start today. Thus, uh, this message and thus the way the church is decorated <coughs> because the, the scarf upon the communion table and the tree and the shawl around it all prefigure something concerning our blessed Lord coming from these two texts. The message that begins our lecture season this morning, though officially um, next Sunday, that all being said now, mm -hmm. let me come to this message here. Mm -hmm. The world revolting predicament and God's <coughs> response. Yeah. This then takes us to the ancient times. That is, if this is the beginning of Advent, before the Lord arrived, before he appeared, there were significant prophecies made concerning him. And that then um, constitutes for us the beginning of Advent, these prophecies. Well, many years ago, there aired on radio and television a situation comedy entitled The Life of Riley. Some of you may remember that. Uh, many of you may be too young to remember that. But it featured William Bendix as Riley, a character actor that uh, was his colleague, was a fellow that they called Digby Digger Odell. <laughs> the friendly undertaker. Y'all remember. Raleigh's frequent exclamation of indignation was, what a revolting development this is. Because one of the most famous catchphrases of the 1940s, and I can't point out to any one of y'all who, who would have lived before that, <laughs> the number of you, Something was always developing that was problematic, challenging, filled with tension, extremely hard and difficult of finding a solution. Remember, this was when the life of Raleigh aired on radio, it was in the 40s. So you would then uh, remember that this was during the war years. Years of revolting development. But Riley seemingly was always up to the challenge and finding a solution. Our message this morning deals with who did find the solution? And I, I don't need um, to go back that far for the purposes 
being predicament in the world nowadays, save only to say to you who will give me your undivided attention as I attempt to talk to you about what was once the world's predicament and God's response. Let me read again. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. And again, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. If it is not so, if God did not Send forth his son. If it did not happen historically, biblically, and spiritually, if God did not send forth his son, well, if Christ did not, by God's decree, uh, reconcile the world unto himself, then who did it or who will do it? If God didn't do it, if if it's not true that it happened, then where do we stand right now? We stand in jeopardy all of our life long, regardless of our age and the difference in our age. We stand in jeopardy of a life without meaning, purpose, a life without hope, a life without God. If God did not send forth his son. If God did not send forth Christ, God sent him on an errand of mercy. Because mankind was filled with misery. If God didn't do it, then I can say to you this morning, without fear of contradiction, debate, dialogue, or argument, that God didn't send forth his son. Though we all know he did. But if he didn't, then we should close our Bibles. We should unplug the keyboard. Amen. We would have some tremendous sin. Throw away our hymn books. Disrobe and disband the choir. Relieve the deacons, missionaries, ushers, trustees of their duty. Remove the Sunday school superintendent. Shut down the Sunday school classes. Dissolve the youth ministry, lock the church doors, and throw away the keys, and post the sign on our door, all was for naught. If God didn't send forth his son. We have nothing to talk about in the pulpit. We have nothing to sing about. Nothing upon which to build our hope. 
nothing to give us assurance that there is life beyond the grave. And nothing more to give ourselves to attempting to live hope. Well, if God didn't send for his son, then there is no reason for an institution called the church. Well, well, well. And since this is historically true, that God did do something, bless his holy name, God did do something. And if he didn't, do you have any suggestions? Because your suggestion would be just as valid and good as any of the ancient world, if God didn't do it. But since God sent his son into this mean and cruel world, he sent him into this world once and for all in the end of the world. That is because we are living in the end time. We're living closer to the final call than ever before in human history. But once in the end of time, in the end of the world, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of his once in the end of the world, yeah. what he did when he first came, he's not going to do no more. Wow. He came the first time in infantile weakness. Mm -hmm. But he's coming the second time in majestic power and glory. Well, between the two advents, he came once. I'm not going to, this is God, this is God talking. I'm not going to put myself through this a second time. I'm not going to send my son a second time to die on the cross of Calvary. I did it once. He obeyed and he came. He took care of business. Then he ascended back to heaven. So I don't need for my son to die for you again. He died once. Well, he died once, and that's all that I required of him. Yeah. And I want to assure you here, all of mankind, I want to assure you now yes. that he took care of what I sent him to do. As a matter of fact, he had a man preceding him named John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. And when Jesus appeared as God's Lamb, he went to Calvary, suffered there, as we all know, and the sin of the world was all removed when Jesus died. When he hung his head and baptized his own body in his own crimson blood. He died. Surely he did die on Calvary's cross for your sin and for mine. It is for you to say or for me to say to you right now that this is not only the message to be preached. A 
of what God did because even right now, uh, the world is in serious conflict, tension, threats of war, yes. and internal political and governmental yes. problems is at the background of when Jesus came. Uh -huh. Are you listening to me? Yes. All of this is at the background when he first came. Amen. Turmoil, strife, death, and violence. He's coming again. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. All the conditions that once prevailed are now upon us right now. He's coming <laughs> again. In one way or another, God had to deal with human problems. God was not going to be embarrassed by mankind. I saved you. And God is not going to be embarrassed by the wicked way we continue to want to live. Amen. I sent my son for you. Yes. To die in your place instead. Yes. And I'm not going to let you embarrass heaven. Thank you, Lord. The angels. Yes. Clearly listen. On, I tell you. The angels mm -hmm. that surround God's throne. Yeah. Well, they saw what I did. Mm -hmm. They watched the son of God. Yeah. I can't describe the Trinity. Mm -hmm. No man that you know of can describe how God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit could be one. Yeah. But those angels saw something. Yeah. Uh -huh. And they did not clearly understand or perceive what was going on. Right. There in the eons of eternity yeah. past, yeah. Yeah. God who have always and is and shall ever be invisible. Yes. Yes. The human eye cannot see God. Yes. And yet, God, I can't explain it, but yes. let me attempt. Come on, yes. In the bosom of God, yes. he who is invisible, yes. in his bosom, yes. there rested and resided the Son of God. Yes. In his bosom, he could not be seen by natural eye. Yeah. But in the fullness of time, well, Paul says in Galatians 4 and 4, in the fullness of time, God, I don't know how he did it. Come on now. It's unexplainable, inexplicable. But God looked inside himself. Yeah. And God called for himself. Yeah. I can't explain that. God called to himself. And out of the bosom of God yes. came the Son of God. Yes. And the Son of God stood before the invisible God. Yes. And what the visible God said to the invisible God, he said, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go down 40 and two generations. And I'll discover what man, I've been there before. He was there before, remember what? Yeah. Jesus Christ had come here before, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. In what we call his pre-incarnation experience. Yeah. He came. That's why Jesus said to the Pharisees, scribes, and Sadducees, he said to them, he said that before Abraham was, yeah. I am. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. That's God's name. Yeah. What is God's name? Amen. 
God's name is I am. I am. Do you remember when Moses faced God on Sinai? Yeah. Moses said, who shall I say sent me? And God spoke to Moses and told him, I said, I am. I am he that you need. I am he to be whatever you need for me to be. I am. And Jesus said, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. He appeared on the kingdom of man. In the days of Abraham. Yeah. And the Bible says Abraham was glad when he saw his day. Yeah. That is, everybody wanted to see who he was. Yeah. Leaping out of the bosom of Almighty, of the invisible God. Yeah. How can you come from something invisible? Well, you shouldn't ask such a question. Because when the world did, did not exist, it became a, a world because God said so. God spoke, and the world came into existence. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning God. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. John 1. One and John 1 14. Yeah. Here comes Jesus. The invisible God become the invisible Son. And when Jesus spoke to Philip, Philip said, Show us the Father. And Jesus said to Philip, have I not been so long time with you, Philip? <laughs> and you have not known me? All right. Because I and the Father yeah. are one. Yeah. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father also. Yeah. <laughs> and so God has become he who is invisible. Now become visible. Right. And then the, uh, Peter says, <laughs> the angels scratched their head. Yeah. Couldn't understand how this could happen. The angel looked into it. They saw what was happening, but couldn't understand it. Then the text says in 1 Peter chapter 2, it said that the angel, that the prophets, they wrote about his coming. They said he was coming, but they had no idea about who was coming. They just spoke because God, by his inspiration, God gave them the message to deliver. Yeah. But right. they did not know what they were saying. Yeah. But when Jesus came, yeah. Paul and Peter and John and, and, um, and James, they said he appeared unto us, yeah. but not unto the prophets. Uh -huh. He came to us, and now we to you. Uh -huh. We're going to tell him, here's what Peter said, you don't believe, but I'm going to tell you anything. He said, when Jesus came here, yeah. He took us three. Come on, come on. Peter, James, and John. That's right. He took us up on the holy mountain yeah. and was transfigured right before our eyes. Yeah. We saw Jesus. Uh -huh. He walked with us yeah. up that mountain uh, so yeah. we were at his side. Yeah. We could touch him. Yeah. We could hear his voice. Yeah. And we got to the top of the mountain, Mount Hermon, yes, and there he transfigured himself yes. from glory oh, into glory. 
glory. And we beheld him. But we heard a voice out of the excellent glory saying, This is my beloved son, and whom I am well pleased. And Peter said, Let us build three tabernacles. One for him, one for Elijah, one for Moses. But then the cloud overshadowed them. Down the mountain they come. We always got to go back to the village. We always got to go back into town. We always got to go back because that's where Jesus did. He left his throne in heaven. Came down to where we are. Stooped below our sin. That he might lift us. Because he who knew no sin became sin for us. Prophets didn't understand what Peter said about what the prophet saw. He said, when, when we saw him, and we saw Peter, we saw Moses and Elijah talking to him about his death. But then we, we, we saw that. When we were with him in the holy mountain, we saw what was going on. We're convinced that Jesus is the very God. He is God in flesh. God caused him. I can't understand how God can be in heaven and how God can be on earth. But I understand one thing, that it happened. You may not be convinced, but it happened that God was on his throne. Jesus was on the cross. But yet they were one. Remember, are you telling me that God died for us. Yeah. It was the blood of God yeah. that was shed on Calvary. Yeah. So said Paul in the book of Hebrews. Yeah. God shed his blood. Yes. I thought it was the blood of Christ. But they're one. They're one and, and, and they are indivisible. Yes. You can't divide them no matter what you try. Mm -hmm. There is a revolting predicament that we are faced with, not only publicly, say amen, but personally. All of us are facing a predicament out of which we cannot escape. But that's why Jesus came. There is a predicament in the world at large. There's a predicament in our government. A predicament in politics. A predicament in our personal life. A predicament in our private lives. God will deal with it all. That is the reason that you can't escape the problem that you're facing. You can't handle the problem Amen. that you're facing. The problem may not even be enormous, but it's difficult for you to handle. These problems come, listen. God can deal with your problems if you let This past week, now gone. You see, every one of us have a cause yes. to have flashbacks. Come on now. Yes. Right, yes. Something happened 
And I received a phone call. Yeah, Two events, three events happened. Yeah. And I received a phone call about each one of them. Mm -hmm. One of the parties said, I'm having a flat. This takes me back to my youth. And the same thing happened before. And now I'm experiencing it again. But until the case was set in Sunday school, until the case is settled, whether the person is dead or alive, you can't settle it unless you repent of your sin. You all heard me say that before. You heard me say, put that chair out there. And let it represent that person. That person may be too far away or may be dead and gone. But you got to settle it or else that stuff, whatever it is, will eat you alive. You got a predicament. And it will eat you up and you'll not know why you taking out what we call misplaced aggression. You taking something out on me that you should have dealt with with that person back then. So now every time a similar issue come up, yeah. You take it out on somebody else mm -hmm. that had nothing to do with it. All right. All right. Point number one. Point number two. Oh. <clears throat> because the only person that's feeling the pain in the Sunday school lesson this morning. See, we're living in a world of predicaments. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Yeah. And in the Sunday school lesson this morning, this was brought up, not in this context, but in the same, same subject. That unless or until we allow God right. to deal with our issues, yes. because every one of us think that we are superhuman, yeah. Yeah. we can yeah. handle a problem that's big. Uh -huh. You can't handle these spiritual problems. Right. Paul couldn't handle the problem of getting rid of the thorn in the flesh. Amen. Even though he prayed three times, yeah. he couldn't handle it until the Lord said to him, my grace. It's sufficient. You can't handle these life problems because our skill, our strength, our minds cannot wrap around all the problems that confront us. And we can't deal with them because they crowd in on us and the devil will never come alone. He'll bring all of his demons to confound you. And when he do that, when he does that, he, he's doing it to destroy. Now, when, when we talked about this in the Sunday school this morning, these are issues with which, unless and until God get a hold of the issue, and you got to turn it over to Him. But you don't want to. All of us in here are nurses. We nurse that problem. We nurse those problems in our lives. And we feel that we are ministering to ourselves. But we're not. You cannot, are you listening? You cannot put a band-aid on a cancer that's malignant and think that you're healed. And that soon the, the, the scars and all the tumor would disappear. You cannot do that. That's why Jesus came. Did I just say to you that John said, Behold the Lamb of God? Right. Yeah. Only he can take it away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
bonding you. Yeah. It will yeah. continue yeah. to bond you. Yeah. Yeah. And guess what it does? Mm -hmm. I'll trust you this The person that hurts you is long gone mm -hmm. and have forgotten it. Mm -hmm. And going on his merry way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you hear Sunday school lesson this morning? Yeah. It said many are sick mm -hmm. and will die mm -hmm. because that stuff will eat you alive. Yeah. Yeah. Eat you until you're so weak, the text said, and get sick. And you know, you go to the doctor, he can't find nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. That's because you're being eaten internally. My Lord. And the doctors can't discover your problem. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's right. But Dr. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And until you get to him, because some of those things that are disturbing you right now. That's right. I ain't no psychologist. Mm -hmm. And neither am I psychic. Mm -hmm. But I can tell right now that some of us got some things that we got to deal with when we leave here. Yeah. But if you left them at the cross, if you really left them at the cross, and I think I heard someone say, and if you're sincere about it, yes. there is a God that is so gracious. Yeah. There is a God that loved us so much. Yeah. There were times when all of us had hesitated. Yeah. To turn matters over to God, right. I'm gonna handle this myself. Right. You ever see people do that? Yeah. Uh -huh. They got it made up in their mind. Yeah. I can take care of this situation. Uh, Your predicament, you can't handle it. Yeah. And no need. Why do you think Jesus died? Yeah. I asked you at the beginning. Yeah. Who, if Jesus didn't come, if God didn't send him, then who did? Yeah. Or who will? Yeah. If you can't find nobody that can go to, you can go to every psychologist. They got problems too. I talked to a certain dear, dear, dear friend of mine. I talked to him. He pastored the major church. I talked to him. He said, my members come to me and tell me all their problems. And I've I got the same kind of problems. But I can't tell them. I'm going to answer their problems. I can't tell them what's going on. Because we all in this family is confusion yes, yes. How many of you remember this church? Yes. We're in a predicament. Right. Here's how I preached that sermon. You may have forgotten. That's okay, because I'm going to remind you this morning. Here's what I said. I said this morning that we have predicaments in the world. Predicaments in our personal lives, yeah. predicaments in our private lives, yeah. and predicaments in our public life. Mm -hmm. Did you hear me say that? Yeah. Yeah. Here's how I put it a few years ago. We live in a messed up home. Yeah. Anybody remember? Yeah. In a messed up neighborhood. Yeah. In a messed up city. Yeah. In a messed up state. Yeah. In a messed up nation. Yeah. In a messed up world. Yeah. All of y'all heard that term? Yeah. 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 That's the same predicament. We have a messed up family. Yeah. Everybody in your household ain't saved. Right. And even when they are saved, it's still some chaos. Preach, Reverend. I know some houses that mother and daughter can't live in under the same roof together. And they used to say two women can't live in the same house. 
We live in a messed up world. Yes. And the only solution and remedy, that's what the text says. The text is talking about who will deliver us yes. from the bondage of this death. The only response there is, is that God must grant it. And God did. When God sent Jesus, I'm glad there's no other place to go. There's no other thing to talk about. Because the only one that's able to take my guilt, my sin, my burden, my trouble, my trial, my testing, the only one sitting up to take my burdens away is Christ Jesus. You can't have hope in nobody else. Put not your trust in man whose breath is in his mouth. Lord have mercy. Reverend, I was talking. We live in a messed up world. Because the world is messed up because we are messed up in our home. That's why Jesus came. I had to exercise my authority. Well, you see, here's what I said. These are difficult times. And it's so sensitive. But I had to exercise my authority and fire somebody. Some things are natural to our flesh. Right? Some things are satanically inspired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fornication is bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fornication is the Greek word mm -hmm. for all of that. Mm -hmm. Whether it's child abuse. Mm -hmm.
person would not confess. Mm -hmm. Well, and the judge said to them, everybody that was there in court, we live in an unjust society. Yes, yes. We live in a messed up world. Yeah. Well, yeah. I got a chance to put my plug in. Yeah. So that's why you better vote for these judges. Yeah. The judge, one of the family, one of the family, Deacon Lambert, uh -huh. brought an infant into the courtroom. Mm -hmm. And the judge said, unless that infant is removed, well, right. then I'm going to hold you in contempt. Mm -hmm. Contempt? Mm -hmm. Either you confess and plead out, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. You'll get five years. Mm -hmm. 76-year-old man. Mm -hmm. You'll get five years. Mm -hmm. The judge gave you 29. Mm -hmm. 29 years. Mm -hmm. At 76 years of age. Because he said, I'm not guilty. And whatever happens, I'm not going to yield. 29 years. It was supposed to be here this morning. It might be out there now. So you see, we're in a predicament. Yeah. And the only way out Come on, is Christ. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. And this could happen. Amen. The first case I cited was a well-respected Christian family. So anybody can get caught up. None of us are exempt. Watch and pray. Amen. Amen. Because this stuff can afflict anybody. Yes. Yes. Satan knows how to reach into our home. Oh my Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when he does, he wrecks hammer. Yes, but thanks be unto God for the power of prayer. Prayer can work. In the third case, Mm. To show you how God can work. I believe in the power of prayer. In the third case, my little world was crashing down because of the action I took. And I left and went somewhere. And I used to say to Baraka, God, Circumnavigates the events of your life yeah. and orders your steps. And I ran into somebody that I didn't expect to meet. He said, I got it. I'll handle it for you. And I'll be right there with you come Tuesday. I thought that was all. But then I went somewhere else. I'll tell you where I went, y'all know it. The Women's Service Committee uh -huh. had their service. Uh -huh. And after I got down out the pulpit, an attorney uh -huh. who was a pastor 
came up to me and said, I was waiting for you to talk to me. You see how God can work things out? It's Lenny. We live in a messed up world because we come from messed up homes and a messed up neighborhood and a messed up city in a messed up state in a messed up country in a messed up world. I just changed the word to predicament. <laughs> so we're living in a predicament. We got a predicament, beloved. Yes. How do we get out of it? Jesus. Some of y'all remember uh, uh, what's the name? SNSJ uh, um, uh, Johnson. How do we get out of it? Uh -huh. What did he say? There's only one there's only one, one way, one way to God. Beloved, there's only one way out of this dilemma, out of this predicament, out of this mess, out of this harassment. There's only one way. Trust in Christ when you sing. I trust in God, yes. no matter what comes, yes. Christ and Christ only, there's no other one. And when you get through some of this stuff, let me say something to you. Don't you feel soiled when you listen to a lot of vile language, a lot of cussing and swearing? A lot of dirty joke telling. Yeah. Don't you feel violated yeah. that you have you have to take a bath? Wives <laughs> 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 mm. come home. Sorry, sister. <clears throat> I thought she'd be out sitting out here. This uh, as a matter of fact, be honest with you, I come. I told her this morning, no, I have a worship service. I can't be with that today. She said, you don't come. <laughs> no, no, people, eh? <laughs> but by the same regard, yes. <coughs> God has a response yes. to your predicament. Yes. <coughs> he does. Anybody here witness to that? And you can't say that you don't have one. Yeah. Because if you say that you have no sin, you lie. But we have a God. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I read the text. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you not think that God knew everything that was going on in your life? He knows about it. Well, why don't God handle it? He wants you to bring it to him. Bring it to him. Whatever it is that you're going through and you're harboring, some of you don't want to get closer to God. I don't want to be too holy. I don't want to be too religious. I don't want to be a fanatic. I still want to run with the hare and hold with the hound. I still want I still want some fun out there in the, in the big world. 
Have mercy, Jesus. Come unto Jesus. There is time. Amen. I gave you those three testimonies of those three incidents that I've confronted with on behalf of others. Right? These prophets didn't have a clue. They preached the grace of God. They did not know what the apostles did. The message was given to the apostles that they preached the salvation of the grace of God. But they, they looked at, as we finish now, what they did, those prophets. They obey God. Yeah. We need to obey God also. Amen. 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 They took God at his word. Come on. And if God says he's going to save you, then rest on that. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. If God says he's going to take your sin away, yeah. believe him. Amen. Yeah. These prophets. Somebody asked me before, are these prophets saved? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And there's no escaping from it. Yes. 
No matter where you go, no matter how much money you pay to go to that psychologist, he can't get your sins and take them away. Only Christ, only Christ, and unless of himself, you're willing to give him your sin. If you let you want to hold him and smuggle him and nurse him and hug him, there's no hope for you. But on Christ, Christ, a solid part. Oh! Oh, my, my, Lord, my, Lord. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess I better quit here <laughs> and tell you about my loving Savior. Because he sure enough passed this way one time. But he's coming again a second time. When he comes again, He'll be coming in power yeah. and in great glory yeah. with teeming hosts of angels. Yeah. He's going to put down the devil. He's yeah. going to put down unrighteousness. Yeah. He's going to put down sin. Yeah. And he will reign because he is king of kings yeah. and lord of lords. Yeah. His name is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jehovah Oh! 